podcast. Movie, movie, 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 podcast. Let the guy show his PowerPoint was less sexual than let him show his dinging. Welcome to the Movie, movie, podcast, everybody. Episode number 103. Caught you guys off guard on this one. Usually we talk before. This time I just jumped right in. I'm your host, Tiggs. And with me showing his PowerPoint is Russ. You guys, my name is Russ. <laughs> Peter. I, I am so off balance right now. <laughs> and Alex. Oh no, my PowerPoint's showing. Oh man. And we are back with one of our off-topic, on-topic podcasts. Today, Peter, tell us what you came up with for us today. Yeah, we've been taking our sort of stroll around movies that kind of tangentially attached to uh, the way of the world. We went through, um, what did we, we did? We did some bottle movies, some yep. kind of quarantine movies. We did uh, some alternate futures we could have be we could have lived through already. Yeah. Um, and we did Descent into Madness, where uh, actually we were a week early on because that's where I am right now. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, today we're going to be looking at, uh, since there's some states that are stupid um, yep. and are reopening, we're going to talk about films in which someone's kind of reintroduced to society. Maybe they've come home from war. Maybe they've come home from rehab. Uh, maybe they were lost in the woods for 25 years. Uh, well, you know, seeing what it's like to get back into the world. That is exactly what we'll be talking about today. And Peter, I want you to tell us who you want to hear from first. Three of us, which is everyone but Peter, know the films that we're going to be talking about. Peter is the surprise film for today. So please choose one of us to start this off. Um, so just a peek into what's coming later. I watched a couple different movies. I was really trying to find something that was perfect. And I kept butting heads with movies that are a little bit more fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Um, like I initially tried Beverly Hills Ninja, classic. Oh, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. I just put soundtrack to that. Yeah, but it was so less. Oh, I tried Beverly Hills Ninja. I watched Little Nicky. I watched King Ralph. Um, yeah, uh, and, yeah. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I just I couldn't find like the right one, and I was worried that like sometimes we would butt up against fish out of water. But of my memory of Alex's film, Crocodile Dundee, it's that it's less a fish out of water and it's more like this guy has never seen actual, like, anything. So, Alex, but why don't you start us off? Fish out of water, fish out of water. That's, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. A fish on land would have never experienced land before. If I was doing Maybe. Uh, Finding Nemo, it would have been a fish in water movie. But, uh... Oh, boy. Let's see here, guys. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I did uh, the the seminal 1987 classic, uh, Crocodile Dundee, starring um, Sir Paul Hogan. Uh, this is a, a is he a sir? That nah, in my head he is. <laughs> uh, so I hadn't seen this since probably like Comedy Central on TV in like the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I kind of didn't really remember much about it. So I was kind of busy. And when Peter just was like, do this one, uh, I was very grateful. Um, So the first half of this movie, it's a reporter tracking down uh, Crocodile, uh, Mick Crocodile Dundee um, in in the Outback. Crocodile's his middle name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
and and he was like a guy that was like there was there of legend and he had been supposedly gotten his leg bitten off by a crocodile and clawed his way back uh to a society um she finds him and it turns out he just had a like just a bite taken out and also she's a reporter she's like this is gonna be multiple stories about this one guy <laughs> like i'm sorry just like like the, the journalism was she? A, I remember. Was she a news reporter or like a newspaper or like television? It seemed like a news magazine reporter. Like it seemed like it's like a New Yorker type thing. So maybe it's exactly kind of like their human interest type thing. So okay. It would have been it. A, if uh, it was made today. It would have been a blogger, is what you're saying. Oh, 100. Okay. This would have been like a YouTube series. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Vice would have done this, and they would have just like taken peyote together. <laughs> uh, and like so. The first 45 minutes is just, like, him supposedly just, like, taking her out to the middle of the wilderness to, like, see where he got attacked by a crocodile. And it's so weirdly paced for that first part because they, like, you know, she gets ambushed by a croc at one point and he kills it. And they, like, they go to, like, an aboriginal ceremony for a while. They, like, mess with some poachers that are killing kangaroos. And so, like, it's a weird, weird 45 minutes. Um but then she brings him to New York City. She's like, ah, this could be the real story, is bringing this guy to New York. Um, I am so he... just now, is Jungle to Jungle just this but with a kid? The t- yeah, yeah, Jungle Jr. <laughs> I thought, I th- halfway through this, I was like, I should have watched Jungle to Jungle. It's so funny you bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but man, it's like, it, it's then it becomes like him romp, like him having like a sort of a romp through New York. But it's actually this movie's not that funny. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember it. Like there's a couple of like giggles. Uh, but like you said, the knife thing. That's not a knife. That's does, a knife. He does that's... do the knife thing, and he cuts up like a guy's like, um, like his like kind of like Michael Jackson. Like he's like the guy's like. His little like ass is like curly cue. Yeah, and, and uh, I want to say his jacket reminds me of not necessarily Michael Jackson, but Rockwell. I feel like it's something he would wear. Gotcha. <laughs> Deep cut. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and so he, like, he kind of goes through New York, and, like, in this, we're kind of the crazy ones as <laughs> New Yorkers, I think, more than him. He just wants to be nice and, like, say hi to everyone. And, like, there's multiple scenes where he runs into these same two prostitutes that uh, that that want to... Um, just have sex with him and they're just like we're gonna give it to you for free and he's like give me what and it's just like this that's like that happens literally like three times like the most the most the thread that they want to have visited. sex with him for no money yeah but like that and, and like later on they're like pimp who looks like and his like goons who look like they're in a ska band like try to jump them and <laughs> reginald Vell johnson who's like the driver and it like shows up and like hits one with a car that's a pretty good scene um <laughs> Uh, but like, there's also some weird transphobia in this. There's like uh, a trans person in the that, 1980s. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like they're like one. This one guy's like, that's a man, and he like grabs their crotch, and, and it's like that's like, not a man. Yeah, and, and like, and this, and then like that's repeated multiple times of like him grabbing people's crotches to to check. It's really oh. weird. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but yeah, uh, in this, like, I'm trying to say, like, like this was like introducing someone back to society, uh, or to society because Crocodile, he had never, um, been to a city, never been on a plane. Um, 
honestly, like if this was if if this was my experience was this 1987 uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, people are way too polite <laughs> for all the things that happen. Even like like yeah, he's been jumped, uh, attemptedly uh, to be mugged, all these things. But I think the craziest thing is that people tolerate him saying hello. <laughs> uh like constantly and like getting to know everyone and like all, all like automatically first off people recognize him from uh this article immediately uh even though technically i think it's not supposed to even be written yet um but yeah i i i don't know it made me uh confused classic <laughs> it's yeah. like classic yeah, yeah. well just as a little look into what we were doing film wise in the late 80s this movie yeah. Uh, Paul Hogan won the Golden Globe for best performance by an actor in a musical or comedy. Really? Real? And it was nominated for best motion picture, musical or comedy, and uh, wow. lead actress was nominated for best performance by an actor. Oh, sorry, best performance by actress in a supporting role. This movie was nominated for one Academy Award. Can anyone tell me what category? Uh, Cinematography. Soundtrack. Uh, score. Editing. Screenplay. Really? Whoa. Okay. What? I take huge issue with that. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say this movie. Uh, if I Paul Hogan was nominated for the Academy Award for writing *Crocodile Dundee*. Wow. Were they just like? Did they just? Was it like a pity? Uh, uh, we don't do that. <laughs> See, we don't do pity Oscars. Here's the thing. Yeah, they absolutely did. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, here's the thing. It's like he's, you know, the way in the Fast and the Furious movies. Vin yes. Diesel always has to make himself be perfect. Like he yes. is the perfect man. He doesn't man. lose a fight. He doesn't lose a fight. Like like he's virtuous and everything. Like even when he does something bad, it's because he's tricky because he's actually good. Right. right. Um. In this, Paul Hogan has made himself like like he's like yeah he's a rugged man's man, but he only acts that way to protect and help people and everything like that. And that he's also making himself like the per like uh, like such a good virtuous dude at the sacrifice of like any interesting character development. Because yeah. <laughs> I think like in this movie, ultimately, like yeah, he goes to New York and all these things like that. But I don't know what he learns. <laughs> like I I I guess like this movie's just so weird and meandering. If I sound Peter like apologize. I am too, <laughs> no, it's no, don't apologize. It's 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 fascinating to revisit it. Um. What else did I say? Like it's <laughs> there's she the the main lady. Uh, some other lines that I um, wrote down. Um, she's saying how her ex fiance and and her ex husband and her um, were like politically active. And one weird thing that I picked up, I was like, I didn't take that many notes. Um, but she said that he's probably now out marching for the gay Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? (laughs) And one of the weird, like, this movie's New York is so weird. It's like, take the New York that's, like, kind of, like, outlandish and cartoony and weird from, like, a movie like After Hours um, and try to, like, PG-13 it. Like, at one point, there's, uh, they're walking down the street and there's a whole crowd of people just gathered around the window of a barbershop while a guy inside gets a mohawk. (laughs) <laughs> like they're just watching it like people would be watching like TVs in like a window of a shop in like a movie in like the 50s or like 40s while like something important was happening on um, 
I, I can't. It, 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 incredible. Um, this, uh, uh, as well as being nominated for that Oscar, this was the second highest grossing movie of 1986. I can't. <laughs> second? Really? Wait, what was the number one? Number yeah, one, Top Gun. Okay, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I guess, all right, this is what we were working with. Uh, just a lot of men, being men on these things. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't know. I don't know what I learned. Um, if this is my New York City that I'm going back to one day, <laughs> I don't know. Do I want it? Um, at one point, he like goes to like an art gallery opening, and the guy's like just snorting shitloads of cocaine, and he like puts the coke in a bunch of boiling water, and just has the guy like sit there and and, and like put the like, the water uh, like inhale the fumes to like try to clear up his nose because I was like the guy's got a sniffles <laughs> like he's so weirdly naive <laughs> that it doesn't I don't even know if it's charming <laughs> well uh, uh, the Golden Globes and the Academy certainly thought he was and the uh, American people <laughs> it's, and then we got a second one we did we got but, three. But, but don't you guys remember this is like a slapstick comedy with lots yes, of I do. funny jokes maybe that so was two I. maybe that's two it, it must be yeah, because like maybe this is like the first of uh, first blood of this, where it's like the first one is like a very serious thing, right? And then yeah, <laughs> it takes a turn at number two. I could see that being yeah. the case with this. Yeah, but and then be. don't forget um, about you guys are sleeping on the third one. Uh, Rambo? No, no, the third Crocodile Dundee. Um, uh, when when I did that remember. one come out? What year? So Crocodile uh, Dundee two, was it like two thousand one? Yeah. Crocodile wow. Dundee came out. Oh yeah, and then there's Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles uh, in 2001. Here's the thing: he knows the reference of Jaws. He talks about the movie Jaws to people in a in a in a bar in New York. So he has <laughs> like he's seen movies, but like when he sees a TV, he sees like he turns it on and he's like, "I oh, saw so one of my friends place once," and he turns it on and I Love Lucy is on, and he goes, "That was the same thing that was on." So for him, only one TV show exists, but a whole oeuvre of movies does. It's I don't know. Right. Well, let's uh, yeah, let's keep the laughs going, and let's go to another comedy. Uh, Russ, can you tell us about <laughs> Leave No Trace? You got it. Uh, it's like the spiritual successor to Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> and because literally nobody saw it, I'll give it a rest down. Uh, actually, did any of you guys see it? I have not seen this. No. I still haven't seen it. Oh, son of a bitch. No spoilers. I'll be careful. Um, okay. Leave No Trace, directed by Deborah Granick. A father and his 13-year-old daughter are living in an ideal existence in a vast urban park in Portland, Oregon, when a small mistake derails their lives forever. So, um, I, I get that. Honestly, it, it is a little Gundy-esque. In, in uh, the sense that this is, and I can't give too, too much away because this movie is actually perfect. And if I went back in time and had seen it when it came out, it would have probably been, and I'm not either, this isn't hyperbolic me right now. This would have probably been Not Mandy as my favorite movie. Wow. Really? Whoa. Yes. Yes. I've seen it two or three times now. There's just not a wasted scene. But and Ben Foster delivers probably the best performance he's given. I've seen him give 
And Thomas and Mackenzie, the young lady who plays his daughter, is the girl who's uh, hiding in the, in the uh, floorboards or whatever in um, uh, Hitler movie just came out. Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. It's that girl. This is pretty much the, one of the first things she's done. Uh, yeah, they're just basically kind of a father and daughter drifter duo that just kind of live in the woods, which you can't do because it's illegal if it's <laughs> a national park. And then the rest of the movie is is them sort of contending with um, having to be reintroduced into somewhat more of a regular world. Um, I'll I without I don't want to say too too much about why they're there and 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 like the reasons because why would a father who has a thirteen year old girl say hey let's go live in the woods? A lot of that stuff you kind of get by watching it. Okay, um, but it is a haunting, completely not completely depressing because I think it's somewhat hopeful. But um, it, it's really just an interesting movie about um, how it shows you how many things we live with and how few things some people need just to sort of get along in the world. But yeah, it's a, it's a very small movie. The woman who directed it also made Winter's Bone. Oh, so, okay, Deborah Granick. So it, it's definitely like. I don't know, just a movie for people who aren't really into all the bullshit in the world and just want to kind of get away from everything, even though this society doesn't really allow for that. So how would you compare um, it to like a, what was it, Captain Fantastic or, or whatever that... Uh... Captain Fantastic is a bit, is a much bigger movie than this. Okay. This is, and I think there's... I remember a little bit more humor in that. Yeah, there was. Um, This is much more contemplative, much Uh smaller. Uh, Most of what is being said in the movie isn't actually being said. Um, So it's like the first cow of reintroduction movies. Oh, actually, actually, that's a really, really, really apt description. Uh, That's the, even the music feels a little first cowish. Awesome. So it's, it's, I actually had that thought as the, as the credits were rolling uh, the other day. I think it's 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 like first cow. It, it's not really. It's 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 yeah. It has a it has a plot and it has stakes. It has all of those things, but it's not really about that. It's about sort of watching the dynamic and the relationship of this father and daughter who do something different than everybody else. Oh, it is and, now. I'm adding this to my watch list right now. Yeah, and and it's sort of just about how. You know, how some people don't want to do what everybody else does and how society uh, makes it really, really hard to do anything other than what is capital E expected of you. Um, It's it's I wish anybody saw it so I could mention anything about it. But it (laughs) it honestly is uh, if if you want it, I I mean, I, I think it kind of you'll figure out fairly quickly that the movie has something to say about mental health. I'll say that much. Okay. Um, I've been meaning to watch it, but I've, I've been on a bit of like a no bummers. Uh, oh, then don't, then don't watch. If, if you're... Uh, you're good vibes see, only with your movies. <laughs> oh, see, I am very much different. Like, during this, I found myself, I need to watch things that are, are either more emotionally raw or sad or in the world we're in right now so that I feel okay. Yeah. Um, and if you're if you're one of those types of people, 
um, this movie will like rip your guts out and make you real sad, but also kind of not sad. Yeah, it's beautiful, and this girl is gonna like she should be at like a superhero movie people departments. She's somebody I don't know who she's. She can do anything. With this kid, yeah. And Ben Foster, I don't know how this movie got no nominations. I really do not understand. If you look back at the, that year's Metacritic or, or Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, the only other movie with a higher score is Paddington 2. Wow. Higher score. It's the highest rated film of 2018 by just people. But I guess not enough people saw it. Yeah. And she purposely, uh, the director, she purposely went with a, with a smaller distributor uh, because she's like, I don't, or a smaller production company, which is like, I don't want any people telling you. Because um, it would have gotten a lot of notes to make bigger points and more obvious points. Um, but yeah, this is the first Cal 2018. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I really want to watch this. It's, 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 I can't say enough about it. I'm, and again, as much as I love Paddington 2 and Mandy, this is a better movie. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that is. <laughs> Granted, that is two very different movies, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that that's a really big thing to say coming from you. Yeah, seriously. And adding to the movie I've circled during the quarantine, because I'm like, oh, that'll make me cry in a good way at the end. Oh, uh, that's a good ending. Yeah, but I, uh, I, think, I think Leave No Trace is the, everybody, please watch it. Uh, it's so good. I love it. It deserved more than it got. Nice. Awesome. Um, so when we first thought up the idea for this topic, uh, me and Alex realizes realized that we could have all just done Brendan Fraser movies. That's true. Um, but only one of us did a Brendan Fraser movie, and that is Tiggs talking about Blast from the Past. Yes, Blast from the Past. Before I go any further, however, I did have this terrifying notion that Pete chose the village. Now let's keep going with blast from the past because I don't think I had ever seen this movie all the way through just like caught bits and pieces of it uh, on TV. And this movie was hilarious. I was, I found myself potentially more because of like the times that we're in right now and uh, you know, possibly ignoring some of like the, um, more troubling bits. There is a, uh, you know, um, you've seen the trailers, you know, like some of the jokes that they make uh, from somebody coming from the sixties, the dropping into like 1999. Uh, you could imagine what they would go for and they go for all of those jokes, but <laughs> yeah, they ask, they, they ask them if they make them horny and they, <laughs> they say, don't touch my hiney and then bring a vine again. And all those things. Yeah, I know exactly what happens. Yes, exactly so what happens in the movie. Um, <laughs> I went for a walk for the first time in like a month and a half or two months. And I had all of the same feelings that Brendan Fraser has when he first leaves, (laughs) where he like, he walks outside and he just looks up. He goes, Oh my God, the sky. I've never seen it before. And like, he sees like this little girl. He's like, I've never seen anything like you before either. Um, They like, they go to the beach at one point and he's like so ecstatic to just see the beach and water that he just like, fully clothed runs into the like the ocean and just like splashing around like just having fun i'm like this is exactly how it's going to be once i finally get to go into the ocean again 
Um, wow. All of the emotions were there for me. Dave Foley totally forgot that he was even in this movie, and like Dave Foley being Dave Foley, um, hilarious. Uh, Christopher Walken, uh, and I think was Sissy Spacek, like yep. uh, Alicia Silverstone, right? Alicia yeah. Silverstone, uh, you know, doing yeah. what she does basically. Um, Baby burning, yeah, you know, excess baggage or star Alicia Silverstone. Um, but Christopher Walken and Sissy Spacek have like this really fantastic dynamic, which I think also plays really well into the quarantine right now of like Christopher Walken's like, we can't really ever leave this place. And I'm totally happy, like never leaving where Sissy Spacek is like, I need to get outside. I don't <laughs> care. I just want to leave no matter what. <laughs> and I feel like that is like the two uh, and Walken being like, no, it's safe in here. And space is like I don't care, um, and like you. Very... Oh, I'm SpaceX. And it's a power couple is very, very much a power couple. Um, really, just like a whole ton of fun. Maybe a little bit long because this movie is pushing two hours. Oh, oh my god! Um, but for the most part, like really, just like enjoyed so much of it for like the goofy '90s comedy romp that it was. Um. I, there, there's some fantastic, you know, there's a couple of really good lines where it's just like, you know, I'm on the run from a psychiatrist. All these, like, dumb th- things that, like, Brendan Fraser sells this thing. And, like, he's the only person who's just like, oh, yeah, that's just, like, a simple guy. I totally get this. Like, this this works for him and possibly no one else alone. I don't know how you got cast in The Mummy, Brendan Fraser, but this is the part that you were born to play. <laughs> like, how, just quick, quick Fraser down. Yep. How many of these types of movies did he do? It's like George of the Jungle. Yep. And Sino Man. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, George of the Jungle and Sino Man. Blast from the past. I feel like he was always a weird dude somewhere else. I think there's way more that I'm not even thinking about. Um, I'm well, looking for right now. Um, um, and those are that. Those were like back to back, weren't they? Ish. They were each like like about. Two. Well, Encino Man came a little a little earlier. And then he did that scout movie where he's a baseball player. Uh, oh, yeah. He did Dusty, right? Monkey bones and He just was point. always a weird dude in a regular place or a regular dude in a weird place. Yep. And you can even argue that the scout counts because in that movie he's yep. like kind of hiding out in Mexico when he's brought to New York yep. City. Yep. He's always getting brought somewhere. <laughs> even in Monkey Bone. Yep. Which is, wow. What a weird career. A very weird career. Like, Encino Man being, like, one of his, his first real... Yeah, no, his first movie was Encino Man. To only a couple years later being in Airheads. And then, you know, the rest Which of is history. Enough. Can we figure out what category gets me to watch Airheads, please? I feel like we just all watch Airheads at some point in this, right? Because that movie is so good. Like, we're just, like, like it, con- yeah, some sort of concert thing. Well, if we get very violent about the quarantine, we could just do one that's all about hostages. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And that's right, cool. Yeah. Shot in your heads. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but has anyone, how many people here have seen Blast from the Past and have seen it recently? I have not seen it in probably a decade. You know, the second follow up, the follow up to that question is ludicrous. No one has seen it recently. <laughs> but yeah, have I seen it in the last 21 years? Sure. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't know when the last time I saw it. Um, I think it was when I was working at a video store. I think it just was like playing above me a lot. 
which is basically yeah. the same thing as watching it when you're in a video store. Um, I don't. And can we technically say Doom Patrol counts as him being in a weird place because he's technically in a body that's not his? I think it counts sure. as Robot Man. Robot Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say if you've got like a couple hours to kill and you're on, it's the weekend and you're just like, I need something dumb to watch. Then I think that blast from the past holds up way better than I would have ever expected it to. And maybe that's just because no new movies are coming out. And I'm just like, why not? Like anything will be great right now. And um, it's like, I'm watching either blast from the past or the last dance. And both are great right now. Um, yeah, remember from blast from the past, it's the performances that really hold it up. And those can't really get old. Yeah. Yeah. Again, like, um, uh, walking in space well, really do do a great job in this. Well, what, there's a lot the of swing dancing, dancing right? There's a, <laughs> there's a little bit of swing. There's only one scene of like swing dancing. Uh, um, I don't know it, why it's like in my brain. I, it, I, I was about to ask, like, what like really dates it for that time? Like, oh man, what dates? Um, so so the funny, or I guess yeah, the funny bit of this is is that they have built this bunker. Um, so they think that the, the world's kind of about to uh, have like the atom, like a, a bomb dropped on it. Right. Uh, so they go into the bunker and a plane actually crashes and destroys their house instead, but they think that it's the bomb. So they stay there until they assume the radiation will go out. Uh, they like, uh, people end up buying, uh, the uh, plot above it and start like developing like a mini mall. And, um, so the first thing that's there in like the sixties, there's like a, um, like a malt shop basically that's being that's owned by like a mother and his and her son works there uh and then you watch that that shop like close and change over time until like in the 90s it's like basically like a death metal bar um <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um there's there's like some there are some really good goofs uh in this movie uh i gotta say like it might not be the best but i i had a blast blast Oh. Oh. oh! Oh! Wow! Yep, got it. That's a quibby for me, Peter. Yeah. You're up. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so I was a secret keeper. Uh, uh, one last honorable mention of these movies uh, that I watched again because it's also available on Disney Plus. Uh, the new Pete's Dragon is oh, nice. really, really wonderful. Um, yeah, from a couple years ago, and uh, oddly enough, from the written and directed by the writer director of A Ghost Story and the upcoming Green Knight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, so I would definitely suggest checking out Pete's Dragon because it also fits into this category. Um, so uh, I would like to tell you guys a little story about a young boy growing up in the late 60s by the name of Alan Parrish. Um, you know, his father owned a shoe factory um, and he was being he's like had some problems with bullies, but he finds a board game. Oh, my Come God. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he plays this board game with a friend. But the board game sucks him into a jungle. <laughs> no way. And there he's trapped for 26 years until he finally emerges from this board game, a wild-bearded Robin Williams. I am talking about the original Jumanji. Nice. Oh, my God. How does this hold up? I can't wait. It's very, It's still fun. The, the weird thing in my head... Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. in his head. Yeah. Um, it takes a whole lot longer to get to the Kristen Dunst playing the board game in the present era than I remember it. It does, yeah. Um, but it's it's as I said, it's still very good, and everyone's very very fun in it. The one thing that drove me crazy was 
they don't really give that much time to the fact that this young boy spent 26 years in a jungle by himself. <laughs> like you, you probably, rem- you probably have a good picture in your head about what Robin Williams looks like when he comes out, yep. like giant beard, yeah. kind of like leafy costume with like the turtle shell helmet. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember that. But oddly enough, they almost they play his they play kind of the comedy of him missing more like a time travel movie than a oh my god, I've been locked in a jungle for twenty six years. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, you know, oh, the jokes are basically like he he doesn't know how to shave, he doesn't know how to drive. Um but he doesn't really play oddly enough doesn't really play with anything in the nineties that's like here I am, I'm back finally. It 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 he very quickly like as soon as he shaves and as soon as he like puts on uh you know modern dress, he's just a dude in the nineties now. It's so weird how it skips over the absolute horror of that idea. And and the only time it really plays with it is when he when he you know, when they meet up with uh is it Bonnie Hunt? Is that her name? Yes. yes. When they meet Great. up with Hunt, who was playing the game with them in the first place, and she's like, you know, she clearly is a bit like PTSD from the fact that, you know, she saw this little kid disappear and no one believed her and all that stuff. And he's like, well, I was locked in a jungle for 26 years. And then she's like, well, I was bullied. And they're like, okay, those two things are the same. Now we're good to go. <laughs> it's it's very, very strange how like, okay, everyone how okay he is when he returns. I just thought, like, he should be insane. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd think that he would be an absolute psychopath from living in the jungle and, like, probably sure, like, being afraid of, like, predators and, like, animals and all these things. And, like, probably not speaking for, right. or at least, yeah, yeah. One for, you know, the better part of his life. That's insane. And honestly, probably horny as hell. Yeah. And the only thing they treated is the only thing they like treat his experiences is that he knows a little bit about everything that comes out of the game now. So he's he, the only thing that twenty six years in the jungle did for him was that he's better at playing the board game Jumanji. Well, to be fair, does, does the board game Jumanji exist in Jumanji within it? I forget. Like, it, oh, if you go into the jungle, is there the board game Jumanji? Well, yeah, like, like or like, does it play out in there? Like. <laughs> I, I think he's just in the the fake Jumanji jungle. Uh, if you uh, remember yeah. from the first uh, reboot with The Rock, they visit this treehouse that yep. uh, there's carved into one of the trees said Alan Parrish was here. Yes. And then I didn't know. I really didn't realize the at the very end of Welcome to the Jungle, the the woman who Danny DeVito is kind of in love with, who now owns the diner, is the aunt from this movie. Oh, yep. really? Yeah. It's hmm. a fun connection. Yeah, so it, so and it's the and it's she's she's playing the actual same person, so it really ties the new Jumanjis in even deeper. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, it's still very fun. David Allen Greer is very funny. Everything he does with like his yes. cop car getting destroyed um is really delightful. Uh, I, after um I had whenever the uh the new reboot came out, like the very first one, um it was around Christmas and uh we brought my niece and nephew to go see it. And they loved it, and we were like, "Oh well, we we got to go watch the original Jumanji tonight." So we did, and I I found it to be a much more like a much scarier movie than I remember it being, and also more like way more serious and dark in tone 
than the new Jumanji is at all, like even close oh, to. Absolutely. Like, cause he gets like, even at the very beginning, he gets jumped by like four dudes at the very beginning. There's a hunter constantly hunting him throughout the real world with an and, elephant yeah, gun. Stuff is terrifying. Cause also the hunter uh, has the face of his dad. Oh, it's so weird. Is his dad. Yeah. And that's like the point in which I never, like when he rolls the number, when someone rolls the number for the hunter come out, it's like, uh, this thing's coming after you and it's always going to remind you about your weaknesses or something. And it's like, this is fucked up board game. Yep. But it was really good. Like it was like, it was just a straight, just good movie to watch. Yeah. Like I was really impressed because I remember it just being like this fun, like, Oh, is the kid gets trapped in a board game. There was like an, are you afraid of the dark episode, but fun. And with Robin Williams, but like, no, it was much more than that. Yeah, they don't, as I said, they don't spend that much time on the fact that, as I said, this child was trapped for 26 years by themselves. And it's really more, because it's, uh, it's directed by Joe Johnston, so once it gets down to, like, the actual action of, like, well, animals coming out. That. Yeah, once it cuts down to the action of actual animals coming out, it's very well done, and it has a really great pace to it. And it's more it's way so more of an adventure enough. at that point. Uh, and, and oddly enough, I think a lot of the CGI is very good. Even the monkeys? Um, the, the only issue with any of the CGI that like uh, the monkeys and the lion. Well, the lion's more of a uh, the lion was animatronic. It's just that oh. the animal faces aren't. That okay, yeah, I, I feel like I remember that as well. Faces aren't good, but like the stampeding herd is really well done. The and all the practical stuff, like the set that they had to build for like when the house is flooded or when the house is overgrown with vines, is really wonderful. But yeah, as I said, I was I, I went to go, I was like looking for all these movies that that fit this, and I was like, oh Jumanji, that 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 kid was gone for years. Surely yeah. they deal yeah. with this more than I remember off the top of my head, and it's really kind of just like, okay, I'm back. Let's play more of the board game so this can stop. <laughs> I know, but as I said, almost to like an upsetting level, I was just looking at it. I was like, someone address this trauma. <laughs> nope. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not in a kids uh, movie. No, no. So that's 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 where I'm at with that one. Very nice. That was a good surprise. Way better than the village, which I was terrified of. Well, the, the village, the, the whole the twist. She doesn't even, you know. Never mind. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, neither do we. Um, any, anybody been watching anything else besides? Well, I mean, Pete just gave us like a dozen things that he was watching. Um, Russ, Alex, what else have you been watching? Besides Scoob? How is it? I like Scoob. Um, I get, I, I, at first I was like, what the fuck are they doing? But what they were doing, I was into. I hear uh, Captain Caveman shows up. Yeah, and it's kind of like inscrutable and he's like gone in five minutes. But um, they're that. basically trying to make a Hanna-Barbera cartoonomatic universe and I think they realize Scooby-Doo as a concept doesn't like the the basic structure of Scooby-Doo doesn't work anymore like the character you've got excellent characters no one's refuting that you've got awesome characters that stand the test of time but the constant like oh no it's, it's actually not real like that can't keep working so I think shifting it into a different direction uh, where it's a little like superhero-y, got some alien stuff going on, got Dick Dastardly, who who doesn't love Dick Dastardly? Oh, uh, Dick Monty. Dastardly, nice, yeah. yeah he's, the, he's, the, he's the bad guy. Nice. 
So it's like it's a real villain now, not just some dude in a suit. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I think the the animation is great, but the people animations aren't, if that makes sense. Okay. Especially when they were going off of, like, uh, Simon Cowell has, oddly enough, has a cameo. I heard, yeah. And when they were trying to make a real person's face, it's very weird. Okay. Yeah, anytime like like the cop at the beginning was the first time I was like, Oh, this looks weird and not now I don't think a kid'll notice, but I'm like, it doesn't look good. I mean Scooby and like the the main people look fine, but like it seems like there was a team who made the mystery ink people and then they just got they were just like, Hey, can you everybody else draw humans? We don't care how good they look or how bad they look. But it's like humans look like shit. But the movie was well animated. It's a, it's a weird, it's weird. But it's it's enjoyable. Yeah, right. they make they make a joke about the fact that Dick Dastardly's first name is Dick. Really? Oh yeah, that's a, okay. That lasts for maybe two and a half minutes, which is so long for a children's movie to hang that's on this. Joke. Really weird. And it was like right, but for me, it was like right at the length where I was like, I like this. Yeah, I thought that joke was at first. I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing, and then they kind of did that like sort of Family Guy thing of like they're gonna hammer this whole. <laughs> so it's like it's it's funny, then it's not, and then because they don't stop, it gets funny. It gets funny again, nice. And Shaggy and Scoob singing the shallow song from uh, uh, A Star Is Born. I was into it. Okay. Whoa, right. that's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah. How is it without Matthew Lillard, right? Like, he's no longer the voice it's of It's no Matthew Lillard. He's bummed out about it, according to the trades. But um, I think Will Forte oh, did a really nice job. Yeah. Oh, Forte, oh, nice. You can hear way too much Will Forte in it, but he's not terrible. Mm-hmm. There's moments where it's a little more Forte than it is Shaggy. But when he does, when he's, like, got the right balance, he, he's really good. I think Zac Efron was, like, made to be Fred. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, who else is? Yeah, who's Scooby? It's, uh, Scooby is still uh, still Frank Wel- well, uh, Frank Welker. Okay. He ain't giving that up. Uh, Gina Rodriguez is Velma. Um, who did they turn her? Hispanic? I mean, it's the voice. Yes, yeah, clearly Hispanic. But I'm like, I think they animated her Hispanic as well, which I was like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely did. Um, Amanda Seyfried is uh, Daphne. Oh, okay, I can see that. Jason Isaac. Jason Isaac does a really good Dick Dastardly. I think he's great. He, yeah, he's he's really really good. I love the animation on him too. Yeah. Um, but with with that, I think they've got a pretty solid uh, place to have a lot more fun with those characters. Like it, it, it like because especially because you know they're going to animate the, the main characters. You know, good. Yeah. So open open up a cinematic universe. Make it based around more fanciful stuff. And, you know, if, if, if superheroes are what it takes to make people see something, I think they figured out a way to take a property and also still make it make sense. So bring on some other people. I oddly enjoyed it. And I felt, I really felt for the relationship between Shaggy and Scooby. And I, could just be, I am perpetually emotionally compromised now, but I awesome. found myself really caring about that sounds awesome. Yeah, bring on the Jabberjaw movie next. Um, Alex. If you watch credits, there's a lot of teasing of the cinematic universe expanding. That's insane. Um, Just saying. 
Uh, I'm gonna. I'm 100% gonna watch this one. Alex, have you seen anything else recently? No, I haven't. All right. Well, that's a good a place to any to end this then. <laughs> You can find us on the web, movemoodpodcast.com. You can find Russ on Twitter at Russ Incredible. You can find Peter on uh, Letterboxd at Funky, uh, Funky Bankman. You can find me on Strava as Johnny Tiggs. Alex had some homework. Ah. And, and your text didn't come through last time when you said you were going to in the last time. Yeah, after you got extracted. You know, it was funny. I was getting extracted, um, but then... I got, um, I, I was, I lost my flight plan with Jody Foster and they ended up in a panic room. Just looking for Mr. Uh, Jabbar. So now I just, you know, I'm trying to find that new way to get in contact. Um, no, I didn't get to it this week, but I'm going to it for next week. I'm writing it down right here. Okay, don't lose what are, are you a piece of human paper. Human paper. Oh, oh. it's a ruffles bag. Yeah. All right, all right, a ruffles bag is fine. You know, don't throw that out. You know, make sure that you, you keep it. Mm. I'm just going to finish eating these chips, but then I'm going to keep it. Okay, all right. We trust you. We trust you not to get rid of it this time. All right. Um, thank you guys for being here. Thank you all for listening. And we'll see you all next time on the Movie Movie Podcast. Late. Oops.